Welcome to the Infernal Schoolhouse podcast, Explosions and Fire. I'm Brian. And I'm Aaron. And today on the podcast, we're talking to CJ from Night Owl Games in Littleton, Colorado. Welcome, CJ. Hello. Thanks for having me. Of course. So uh, to get started, if you wouldn't mind, just introduce yourself, Night Owl Games, and how you got into the hobby. Yeah. So many, many moons ago, back in 1996, at the tail end of sixth grade, I discovered my first deck of magic cards. And then that following fall, my social studies teacher, Sasha Garish, who I believe is still somewhere along the front range teaching kids, got me into Warhammer. And those were kind of the first two things that, that pulled me into the industry, just as a hobbyist. And then I joined the military right after high school. And when I got to South Korea, somebody introduced me to Dungeons and Dragons. And so that's kind of where everything started. Played those for several years, went through deployments and things. About the, I think around 2010 or so, 2009, I started getting into the board games finally. And I was starting to become a regular at game stores, conventions, started volunteering, organizing events. I started a woodworking business, building gaming furniture. Just more and more of my free time went to, to the, the hobby and the industry outside of my day job in school and stuff. And uh, yeah, basically did all that. I've worked for Chessex. Uh, I still work for Chessex. I, I do uh, the booths at Gen Con and uh, ACD Games Day, uh, which is kind of a uh, industry-specific convention. Um, I help out with Genghis Khan and Tacticon. I'm part of the staff of them out here. Uh, I got recruited by Mike, who owns Night Owl, uh, to kind of help him out with the store uh, the year after he opened here in 2019. He opened in 2018 and I started in 2019. And yeah, just been kind of sticking around, helping helping the store, helping train and manage staff, making sure that we have a good set of things for the community to come in and be able to play here. And yeah, just kind of dabble on everything tabletop. That's awesome. Yeah. Very excited. So, you know, tell us a little bit, because we like to certainly give as much back to the local community as we can and not to to stuff any sort of more money into Bezos who's overstuffed pants. So tell us, about, bitter about it, <laughs> tell us a little bit about Night Owl Games and, uh, you know, what we could find when coming there. Yeah. So Night Owl Games specifically, we are more of a discount retailer and a board game store. You'll find there's a lot of different types of game stores out there. You've got your cafes, you've got your, well, cafe hybrids, you've got your magic and TCG stores. For us, we try to focus on board games first. We always have, uh, that's been our, our, our thing. And just about everything that we carry is generally about 15 to 30% below MSRP. Um, so almost competing with, with Amazon. <laughs> um, we dabble in some of the other stuff too. We've got some role-playing games. We've got a, a little bit of, of war game stuff, and we've got a little bit of trading card games here. Um, but really the, the big things we do are, are board games and role-playing games. That's great. Absolutely. And I'm really curious because I, you know, Aaron and I are just sort of getting into the business side of the hobby. And I'm just really curious about like the the daily grind of running a game store and like just what it's like, like how busy is it? What what time do you open? You know, just like yeah. give me a little a little peek behind the curtain yeah. here. So it, it definitely depends on the type of store that you run. I want to make that clear because there are we're at a point in this industry where for a, a store to succeed, you have to know what your model is and you lean into it and you do that well. So for us, we open, I think, at 11.30 every day. Luca is our day-to-day -day manager. She manages everything here, does a fantastic job. She basically goes through and makes sure that everything's cleaned, organized, that stock is rotated, 
She greets everybody as they come in, make sure that it's a warm, welcoming environment, try to help people find games if, if they're looking for something, make suggestions if they're looking for something new. We've got like a lot of stores, different events going on throughout the week. So we let people know about those types of events and things that they can come in and do. We stay open till 10 p.m. every night. And obviously most of our events are in the evenings or on the weekends. But yeah, the day-to-day, -day, you just, you come in and you just kind of look around what needs to be done. It's really easy for some stores to be able to just open and hang out. And that doesn't necessarily create the most welcoming environment. Paying attention to detail, making sure that you are listening to what people are asking for, getting those products in stock, seeing if there's anything, any area that you need to be working on in the store, expanding single card offerings, more hobby supplies, accessories for your board games, card sleeves stuff. Those are the kind of the things that you're, you're doing throughout the day. You're managing your inventory. You've got shipments coming in almost every single day of the week. And mm. with us being a one person operation throughout the day, what we would have to do is take in the inventory and still manage any of those walk-ins. You kind of juggle right. both of those things. Quick question. Did you say you have to rotate the stock? Are we worried that the monopolies in the back are going to go bad or something? <laughs> so the, especially with board games, and, and it's been this way for the last 15 years or so, there are so many games coming out. I mean, we're in the board game renaissance. You have to continuously be keeping an eye on your stock. What is popular? What is not? Oh, I see. Stagnant. Okay. And, and one thing is, is you need to make sure that the store is looking fresh. A lot of people will come in and if they see the same things in the same places when they walk around, they'll just assume that we're not getting anything new and they want to start going to, to other stores and whatnot. So one of the things that we have to do is see what's been sitting there, even like looking at data, inventory reports and stuff, seeing, seeing what hasn't sat in a, a while or, or okay. what hasn't been sitting in a while. I see. But yeah, rotating through that stuff and then also reorganizing the store every once in a while. You always want things refreshing. You probably see that with grocery stores and Target and Walmart. Yeah. They're always shuffling stuff around. We do the same thing here, try to make it look clean and inviting and, and fresh yeah. all the time. It's funny because it's, it's sort of basic retail stuff, but yeah. I think it's just because I'm so enamored with the product that I'm like surprised yeah. by it. It's like, ooh, yeah. okay, got it. So keeping it fresh, I like that. Okay. Definitely. Nice. That's awesome. So I have a, a two-parter for you. So I would start off by asking, what are you seeing move the most right now, especially with the holidays around? Like any specific or card decks that you're seeing kind of fly off the shelves at the moment? So that's a very good question. There's definitely some hits right now. I think probably the number one biggest hit in the industry right now is Dune Imperium. Really? The, um, the role-playing game? Not the role-playing game, the board game. Oh, okay. uh, so it's kind of like a worker placement deck builder game. They've had a couple of expansions come out over the last couple of years, but this the last couple of months here since October, they've been releasing do an Imperium, which is kind of like a, a reboot of the core game. They've tweaked some rules and, and modified some things. And it is by far the most popular game right now. There's people, even though they they have their old Dune Imperium, Dune Imperium Uprising, which is the, the current game that was released. Everybody's trying to get it. Everybody's really loving it. They've tightened the rule set. And even what's really nice is Dire Wolf is here in Denver. The designer, we were very fortunate enough to have come in about uh, two months ago to demo. The, the game for us too. So that would be easily the, the number one seller. It's been an odd year. There definitely hasn't been a lot of real big hits that have come out mm. this year, which is a little bit weird. So we're seeing a lot of people ask for classics. We're getting people asking for Ticket to Ride and Catan and, and Carcassonne and so forth. Um, I think that there's 
kind of a surge going towards new role-playing games as of late too. Okay. So things like Free League are getting more popular. I think Renegade Game Studios is doing more RPGs based off of like the IPs that we watched as kids. Like, oh goodness, what is it? G.I. Joe, I think they have a Power Rangers RPG. So mm -hmm. that's kind of... I'm waiting for Thundercast. <laughs> Thundercast would be fantastic. <laughs> I, I really would love to see a Thundercats RPG. I would be all over that. So I want to play the the cheetah lady in the leotard. Chitara, Chitara. Yes, yeah. you're gonna Thanks find them with me. <laughs> okay, so I mean, I think this one, this next one, kind of goes along with uh, what you were just saying. But if I'm somebody going into your store right now, let's mm -hmm. say for end of the holidays, and all I know is I'm buying for somebody that plays board games. I don't really know what they have. What would you recommend that they pick up? It's just a nice, easy gift everybody would love. Yeah. So depends on if they like big crowds or small crowds. If they're a big crowd person, my go-to is almost always Codenames. Codenames is a great party game. Yes, I think You that. spread out a whole bunch of words on the table. You split into two separate teams. The head of each of your teams is telling you like, animal three and you're trying to figure out which of those words that are on the table are the three words associated with animal and hopefully not pick one that belongs to the other team right that's that's been a fantastic game for several years now it's still very hot people love it if you're looking for something a little bit more cozy with two people i think splendor duel is still a really good one i think seven wonders duel is a good one i think what else a game I really like, but it's probably not very popular, is Jekyll versus Hyde. It's a trick-taking game, but it's 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 a good one for couples to to kind of sit down and be kind of challenging each other. So what you would want to be doing is probably looking for a stocking stuffer like that, something that's easy for two players or is a smaller game that can play a lot of players, so that way they can take it out with them to to game nights or to the bar or wherever, e even with just family after tearing open all the presents, have everybody sit around and enjoy the rest of the holiday. What about if there's like a role-playing nerd in the, in their family? Cause I'm just thinking of like, you know, probably people in my family. Yes. They're like, oh God, he plays D and D. I'm going to try to go get him something. What would you recommend or what, how would you guide people through that? So I will almost always start with a fresh set of dice. Cause you can never have too many dice. I wouldn't hate that for any family and friends listening. Yes. So that's that's a good one. And there's lots of great dice companies out there. There's Chessex, obviously. There's Foam Brain. Goodness, here are some of the other ones right now. Crystal Dice Metal Games. There's a lot of really great, great dice out there. So that's always a, a safe bet. And then depending on the individual, if you know that they're like a, a DM or a GM, I'm sure they would always love a new mat or some minis to be able to throw on the table. If they are just a player, maybe they're looking for a new expansion book to D&D or maybe some kind of accessories like a, a token kit or something. So there's a lot of good options out there. Do you have t-shirts or mugs that talk about the tiers of your players and the scene <laughs> that GMs put their players through? Because that's something I'd be interested in. We don't currently. That's a good idea. Consider that like a, in the feedback box. Yes, there's tiers of my players, you know, that type of thing. Yeah, yeah. There's definitely some great t-shirts and, 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 and little accoutrements that you can grab. Uh, I know I've got a, a closet full of t-shirts that I wear when I DM, all, all warning the players the trouble that they're about to get into. So. Excellent. I love it. Yeah. Sometimes Aaron just wears like a, a leather apron and he just, it's like leather face vibes. <laughs> 
And then he has this like horn that he drinks out of. Yep. <laughs> so my next question here is just about the the role-playing game industry in general. And I know that it's been a relatively tumultuous year, especially for the D&D fans out there. Yes. Specifically referencing like, you know, the, the OGL scandal and things like that. Yep. How has that been from the game store perspective? So what we did notice, and I think a lot of stores noticed this right after the OGL thing happened, there was a big push towards Pathfinder and third-party games. Definitely yeah. Pathfinder because it's Pathfinder is probably the second biggest uh, category of of RPGs out there. And given the history, it they all branched off of D and D anyway. Yeah. But th- there also has been a surge of other other things. I know that we've had a, an influx of people come in this year wanting to run events for our our guests here at Night Out. They've cycled through Free League. We've got somebody who does Savage Worlds Pathfinder twice a month. We still have some D&D players coming in. And I think that a lot of people still discovered D&D because of the movie that came out earlier this year. But I do think that we are about to see something that kind of echoed a little over 10 years ago with Games Workshop. I didn't necessarily have a problem with anything, but around, I think, 2010 to 2012, there were a lot of people that were getting upset with however GW was running Warhammer at the time. And we started seeing a, a smattering of skirmish games popping up. Uh, mm, War Machine and Hordes got very, very popular for several years. We saw Drop Zone Commander. We saw Infinity, Malifaux, Wild West Exodus. Lots of different skirmish games kind of came out of that. And I think that we're going to start seeing that over the next year or two due to the OGL thing. They already created the the new OGL um, system, like a true open RPG yeah. system that a lot of, of publishers got back. Yeah, like behind. 5e variants, right? So they yeah. just like take a spin on the on the 5e rules. Yep. Yeah. And there's definitely a lot more licensing going on out there. There's a lot of I mean, the the tabletop industry excuse me. The tabletop industry is now at a about twenty-four billion with a B dollar industry. Mm. It's massive. What? And yeah. There is a lot of companies out there that have just realized we could start licensing out properties to different games, whether it be board games or trading card games or or role-playing games. And I think that's what we're going to start seeing is more of these RPG publishers working with other IPs mm-hmm. or even just people that have really genius mechanics to create their their own system. But we're going to see those starting to pop up a lot more across stores. And I think that a lot of game stores are... Uh, wising up to keeping an eye out for those mm-hmm. and kind of diversifying so they don't have all of their eggs just in the D&D basket. Yeah, I I was really expecting, and I think the talk right after the OGL thing was, that's it, I'm done with D&D, something else, anything else. But I really haven't, in my experience, seen that happen fully. Yeah. I think there's a lot of people, myself included, who are interested in waiting for these variants to come out. Uh, but yeah, it seems like people are sort of settling in a little bit. One of our guests had referred to D&D as the blue jeans of role-playing games. And sort of, it's like, yeah, you know, I know they're maybe not in style anymore, but they're just really comfy. They are. Yeah. Yeah, I have to agree with that. I mean, if you look at my shelf, everything I have is PDF at this point. But I, I started I started D&D right after 3rd edition came out. And that's kind of my, that's that's my comfort food. That's the one that I really enjoy. That's why I like Pathfinder and Starfinder and so forth. I've dabbled in fourth edition 
I haven't had a chance really to play fifth edition, but I've seen how popular it is. I, I've kind of stuck closer to that, but there's definitely a lot of other systems out there that are definitely worth trying. And it, I mean, that's, that's a pretty solid comparison. It is the comfort, the, the, the comfortable thing to go back to. A lot of people get introduced to role-playing via Dungeons and Dragons. That's usually the first game that they get into. And then they either stick with that or something adjacent, or they just go all the way to the wall and like, yep, I'm going to do Shadowrun and Savage Worlds and this Fate and this other little one that I found at a convention somewhere and stuff yeah. that I'm finding on tracks through RPGs. So yeah. that's great. Yeah. So with that being said, you know, what are some of the things that you're looking forward to the most in the tabletop industry right now? As far as the RPG thing goes, I'm really excited to see what comes next. There are so many people that are trying to get into this industry, to, to make a living in this industry, to share their passion with the world. So I, I'm really excited to see what kind of ingenuity comes out of it with, with new systems or, or it, it's probably going to be basically just new systems of games that come out. IPs can probably get slapped on everything, but I think that there's going to be people who are like, are, are thinking outside of the box and are going to create some things that are, are really great for, for role-playing games that, that, that we haven't seen before. And kind of in the grander, wider spread thing of tabletop, what I've come to, to learn, especially over the last 10, 15 years, is I've completed the four pillars path. You start to see people come up with ideas in these, these four pillars, tabletop board, or sorry, board game, role-playing game, trading card game and, and miniature war games that those concepts they create within those systems start bleeding into the others. Mm. So I'm going to, I actually think that we're going to see more hybrid things coming out. I think we're going to start seeing the potential of trading card games of uh, kind of being paired with role-playing games, not just like D and D did with di diversifying into like the magic realms, but I think that we might actually start seeing a, a component of a role-playing game be having some kind of a custom deck that you're, you're playing into the role-playing game that might happen in the, the, the miniature war games. We already have minis and a lot of D and D, but I, I think we've seen some starts of people trying to bridge those two areas too. Earlier this year, the warriors of Kryn came out, the Dragonlance board game that, and book was paired together. And it's a really interesting concept where they paired it. So you can play this board game through these mass battles and actually allow whatever happens in that board game to impact the story of the D&D campaign. So I think Ooh. there's going to be more hybridization between these different traditionally separate subsections, and it's just going to become more of a, a Venn diagram of sorts. Awesome. It sounds I like that. a lot of exciting things on the horizon. Yeah. yeah. So while I was setting up the microphones and everything mm -hmm. to chat, we I just was casually asking you about your experience. Yeah. So I'd love for you to share your experience playing, you touched on a little bit, but then also you were telling me about this amazing hobby station that you created. <laughs> and I definitely need to hear about that. Yes. So, yes. Yeah. So, cause I kind of dabble in everything. A dream I've had for a very long time is an ultimate hobby desk, something that I can sit at and do all of my hobby stuff and be able to live stream it and record it and, and share it with others. And so I've recently moved into a new place where I've got a portion of the basement set aside that I was able to set up three six foot wide tables into a u-shape and i've basically been getting it all put together with like a blow dryer and a little hand vacuum and all of my hobby zone organizers and paint racks and everything 
to have just an awesome setup that I can airbrush at one table, do most of my hobbying at another. And then the third one is where I will keep building terrain and all of my recording and broadcasting stuff. Aaron, I know you're feeling me on this one because I'm just remembering like a month ago, Aaron and I are like in the garage with spray paint, mm-hmm. like try, coughing up all the fumes and running around and all that kind of stuff. So having a concentrated place to put all this stuff is like so cool. Yeah. That's so Yeah. Yeah, it's it's been a dream. I've slowly been acquiring it over the last couple of years. My last desk was only about six feet wide. And then I decided when I was going to set this up, it's like, you know what? Let's just triple it. Let's we've got so much stuff tucked away in boxes and closets. Let's just have a dedicated space. It's like solid gamer logic. Like if we can do it, let's do it three times as big. Exactly. Get it done. Yeah. No reason not to. That's all right. So CJ, I hate to be this guy, but can Aaron and I get a discount at your store? I suppose. Let's go with till the end of January. You can use Infernal Nog, Infernal N-O-G, on our website for $5 off or come in and mention the Infernal podcast and we will give you $5 off at any purchase here at the store. Amazing. That's awesome. so cool. And just one one other question. Since we're sitting in this beautiful sort of like private game room and Aaron, we're like being stared down by a, what is that dude called? Again? Illithid. Uh, yeah, an illithid. And he's yeah. got these like, golden eyes flickering in the candlelight. What's the deal with the sort of like private room games? Because I think this is actually one of my most favorite parts of game stores. Mm-hmm. I like the community aspect of the tables out there, but it's just really cool to come into a themed room that's like yeah. all for yourself. Yep. So we we finished two rooms here in the back when we first opened several years ago. Uh, one room is set up as a castle and the one that we're recording in right now is a tavern and no expenses spared. Yeah, it's um, really nice. It's fantastic. Um, this, these these could be sets, honestly, for yeah, this sort for of sure. show. But yeah, we we have two rooms. They are generally about $10 an hour if you want to rent them privately. And it doesn't have to be for gaming. You can do birthday parties or whatever. We don't mind. But we do them $10 an hour. Or if you are interested in running events at our store, drop-in events regularly, weekly for people to come in, we do a deal where... We will do a dollar a seat an hour for each person. So uh, we can accommodate, I think, about six or seven uh, in each room. Excellent. So if you really want to get your your group going or or just, just a system that you like that has an organized play that you're not seeing played anywhere else, come down, talk to us. Uh, we'd be happy to see if we can work it into the calendar. And then, yeah, we'll help promote it and get get people coming in to, to play. So. I love it. Also, do you have a group of pirate enthusiasts that come through here? We do. Uh, pirate Borg has been coming, I think, on a monthly basis the last few months. And they have been a phenomenal group of people. They're always a blast to, to have in here. They're, they really support us and, and they enjoy the hell out of that game. Yeah. We talked to Luke a little while ago. Okay. And it's funny because when we booked him, I didn't know that he was in Denver. Mm-hmm. I just booked him. <laughs> and so we're all like remote and we're like, wait a minute. And then he mentioned Night Owl Games and I was like, okay. Yep. I get it. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Yep. Aaron, there's always that last question that you ask. Sure. Yeah. So this one often trips people up, but is there anything else that you want to talk about today that you hadn't already mentioned or anything that uh, you would like for us to ask you about? Really the only two things, not just about us, but I mean, I I believe in growing the community and getting out there, see other stores, see other conventions. Genghis Khan and Tacticon are coming up. Well, Genghis Khan, especially, uh, 
If you've never been, please give that a, a check out. It's going to be February 15th, 16th, 17th, and 18th. Night Owl is going to have a booth there selling board games, but there's plenty of other tabletop gaming stuff to do there. Lots of RPGs as well. And then also another project that I've been working on is with a group out here called Creative Crits. We spent a few weeks this year filming basically our own live role-playing game, D&D group, that's going to be premiering on Amazon. I believe currently it's scheduled for the end of February. So if you kind of like those kind of shows, watching people actually play and actual homebrew campaigns, definitely give that a check out as well, please. That's great. That's so cool. Yeah. Thank you so much for being with us yeah, you got it. and hosting us in this beautiful room in this beautiful store. Oh, thank you so much for coming out. It's a pleasure talking with you guys and really appreciate what you guys are doing. It's I've listened to several episodes and you guys are doing good stuff. Thank you. Appreciate that. And Aaron, we've got to come here and host a game, man. It's so cool. Oh yeah, for sure. Well, like it's literally like I'm sitting in a tavern right now. It, yeah. No, oh, straight, just up, next one straight out of a e Even with just some random rope and stuff hanging yeah. on the wall, which I don't know what that's for, but it just looks legit. It's just decoration. Okay. <laughs> Authenticity. I love it. I love it. Well, thanks everyone for listening to us this week. Uh, please check us out on Instagram or at our website, infernalschoolhouse.com. Oh, and we sell stuff on Etsy too. Thanks everyone. Thank you.